Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner! It's time for Zag Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Zachary. I'm Jack Ferris. Unfortunately for you, it's uh, a bit of a Jack Ferris solo front half of this show. Rob, you know, sometimes I forget he's got a family. He's a father of three. I had to think about that for a second. The guy's going back to school to get his master's. He's got a full-time job. Uh, and really, all I have to do is figure out what Netflix series I'm going to start between tea times. Uh, so it's not a shocker. Rob's a little busy today. It's okay. He dropped a solo pod. I'm going to get that out to you uh, as well. On the back half of this episode, boy, oh boy, you folks are in for a treat. We are speaking with the founders of Vincero Watches, who, oh, by the way, all graduated Gonzaga uh, back in 2010. They are lifelong friends. Unfortunately, I am lucky to call them friends. Uh, they have a really cool story. They graduated just like you know a lot of kids right now. They had no idea what they wanted to do, uh, but they wanted to be entrepreneurs. They wanted to dance to the beat of their own drum. And uh, you know, here we are, ten years after graduation, and they have done just that. Uh, so, really cool story. You don't want to miss it. Also, you don't want to buy. You don't want to not own Vincero gear if you're a Zag fan because it's it's just it's just stupid. All right, I've been talking for a couple minutes, and I have uh, skated around the biggest Zag news of the summer, really. And, you know, before I get into this, I just want to say, I hope you're calm, first of all, while you're listening to this. It's been a few days. I don't want, I don't want you to be angry. Hopefully, I don't get you angry. But I think it's important to remember that how we hear news is oftentimes as important as the news itself. So, let me explain. Let's say you break up with Stacy, okay? And then uh, two, three weeks later, Jason comes up to you and says, hey man, I know you were dating Stacy for a while. Uh, You know, if it's cool with you, we've kind of been talking a little bit. Um, You know, it's nothing official. I'm not buying a ring or anything, but I'd like to hang out uh, with your blessing. And you know, a lot of times guys will have that conversation, they're not asking for the blessing, but they're just telling you, it's a courtesy thing. That might be tough news to, to take, but it's a hell of a lot easier than if Jason just didn't say anything. And all of a sudden on a lonely Saturday night, you're cruising Instagram and Stacy is all over Jason's story. And they're, you know, out with Peter and Claire. And then you get inside your head because we all know what happens when people hang out with Peter and Claire, right? Mistakes get made. Vodka sodas get consumed. Dancing, karaoke, touching ensues. I'm getting myself all fired up. That sounds like a party. Maybe I should hang out with Peter and Claire. Anyway... The point of the story is we have on our hands a Stacy and Jason Instagram scenario. News broke Monday via Twitter 
that Philippe Petrusif, who on this show is affectionately called Phil, because uh, even this week I've heard it called, I've heard him referred to as Petrusif, Petrusev, and people get mad no matter which route you go down. So he's Phil from now on. That Phil would not be returning to Spokane this fall, this summer. He will be signing with his hometown team, uh, the Mega B-Max squad. And you know, I think my reaction was just like a lot of yours. I thought to myself, oh my God, Mega B-Max might be the coolest name for a sports team I've ever heard of in my entire life. Mega B-Max, kind of want a jersey. Once I shook that, yeah, I was a little angry, you know, for, for five, 10 minutes. I'm texting my buddies and it's like, oh, how could he do this? How could he betray us like that? You know, how immature, how selfish. Selfish was, was the word that was thrown out a lot. And then you hear that the coaching staff found out the same way. And then it's like, oh my God, how could, how, how could this, after all the coaching staff has done for this kid, how could he betray us like that? How could he stab us? How could he stab me in the back? A Zag fan of, I don't know, 15 years. And then a lot of you guys, a lot, I, there was at least one or two guys in your Zag fan group, maybe girls, I know we have female listeners, that said, you know, good. We don't need that immaturity. We don't need him. Good. I'm glad he left. Good. We don't want him. We don't want the WCC, the reigning WCC player of the year. I hope you're over that because I am. And I think we need to be adults. The messaging behind this was not 100% in Petrusev's, sorry, Phil's control. Uh, fire up the Google machine. Find Alyssa Charleston's interview with him on KXOY. You will see a 20-year-old kid who is deeply sorry for how the news broke. It got away from him. He absolutely wanted to call the coaching staff. He wanted to call his friends in Spokane. He wanted to control the message. The message just got away from him. Okay, and... You know, I guess now he has been in contact with the athletic department. He has spoken with all the coaches and everybody's cool. Okay. I hope you are over the messaging part because again, like, I'm not trying to downplay it. The messaging part is really important. And, you know, I was, I thought we had a big time Stacey Jason scenario on our hands. Uh, it turns out it was a misunderstanding, uh, and Peter and Claire were just taking them out for ice cream. There was no vodka sodas that day. Anyway, now that we're over the messaging, I hope you can forgive the guy. Could he have done a little bit better? Sure. You know, I I'm sure if he could go back a week, he would just tell the brass at Mega BMAX, let's, let's pump the brakes on tweeting this out, boys. Uh, I've got some, some Zoom meetings and some FaceTime calls to make. So now that we're over that, why would Phil leave? Because I know a lot of viewers are angry, like it makes no sense, why is he leaving? And then you ask yourself the question, why would Phil leave? And you kind of feel silly just asking that in 2020. You know, why would he leave? Maybe because there's better than a so-so chance we don't even have a college basketball season next year. I know, that's, I know that's a scary thing to say, but it's the truth. Okay, maybe, maybe during a worldwide, unprecedented, catastrophic pandemic, it's nice to be on the same continent or in the same hemisphere as your family. Okay, maybe that had something to do with it. 
Maybe he proved he can play elite college basketball without the shadow of a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, he's built a profile here in the States. He really doesn't have much else to prove stateside. Maybe he wanted a lot of money. I think, I mean, all those reasons are, are good in my book. Uh, Phil was awesome for Gonzaga. He was awesome. And to dismiss him as good, we don't need him, we don't want him, is, is I think, lazy and short-sighted. But again, that, I mean, hey, man, it's America. You can have your opinion. I don't care. Let's talk about you, the fan, a little bit. A little bit. Let's just talk about you. Are you really absolutely blind with rage? That Phil left? Are you having trouble sleeping at night because of how he did us? Or, you know, are you just mad that he didn't send you a personal note that read, thanks for the support, you know, thanks for mispronouncing my name in your Zag friend group for a year and a half. Uh, Go Zags, 509 for life, Calico Kitchen, thumbs up, love, Phil. Because I think it's a little bit of that. I think we all thought we deserved that personalized note. Which is irrational to say out loud, I know, but it's kind of true if you think about it. We've had a ton of excitement this offseason. It might be one of the most exciting off-seasons of Gonzaga basketball history ever, when you think about it. You know, Jalen Suggs, Julian Strathour, Dominic Harris, they're coming in. Three of the biggest recruits in one class ever. Hopefully they're able to challenge my guy, Marty Olaskis, for some PT, you know? Oh my God, Andrew Nemhard is transferring from Georgia. Good thing he's redshirting. Because we know my guy Marty is going to get his. By the way, oh, by the way, I, th- I skipped over this. Nemhard and Phil were actually teammates at Montverde. So I'm not saying there was a Stacy and Jason Instagram s- scenario, but I'm not saying there wasn't one. So maybe this is all Nemhard's faults. No, sorry, Lane. Good Lord, imagine how much stronger Anton Watson is going to be after a lengthy summer to rehab. I can't wait. He, was, um, he-, he showed flashes of brilliance. Can Drew Timmy average a double-double this season? He almost did last year. I hope Kispert doesn't hire an agent. Phil was like eighth on the depth chart of exciting storylines heading into the season. And if you, if you disagree with me, I, I, there I think you're wrong. Because all the things that I just listed were pretty sexy stuff. We forgot that we had the reigning WCC Conference Player of the Year coming back. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, how many other programs can honestly say, wow, okay, we're losing a preseason All-American, but uh, yeah, we should be fine. By the way, I looked up how many times a Division I Conference Player of the Year left early not to go to the NBA, but go to play overseas. You know what the number is? It's zero. So I'm not saying this is you know, something we could, should just shrug off, but it's not something we need to murder the kid for. He had nice things to say about Gonzaga in the uh, Alyssa Charleston interview. I, I mean, I, I I've never met the kid. I, I'm choosing to believe him. He looks sincere enough. He didn't have to do that interview, you know? He doesn't, he, if he wanted to, he could have never set foot back in Spokane again, but he chose to reach out. He, he wanted the fans to know that uh, you know, it, it's nothing, it's no ill will towards Eastern Washington. There's no, because Spokane gets very sensitive about that. See Jimmy Kimmel. There's no ill will towards the region, no ill will towards the fans. It's just, it's what he had to do for himself and he, what, what he had to do for his family. 
And I hope we, and I say we, I'm, I'm the program and the coaching staff continue to foster that relationship because, oh, guess what? Here's me being selfish again. It's not like Phil's going to be the last really good player to come out of Serbia. Anyway, I hope that makes you feel better. I mean, just talking about it made me feel a little bit better. What do I say I read you guys an ad? How does that sound? Let me pull that up. This is called Producing on the Fly. Hey guys, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system? That's right, a home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's actually true. I grew up in a house that I think we used it like four times because it would go off in the middle of the night and my parents didn't know how to... Anyway, that's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock, baby. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com/team, get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guaranteed. That's simplysafe.com/team. Now, the Vincero Bros. From the Thrilled to welcome, really a dream come true. We've had the pleasure of uh, getting some higher profile guests. I'm not sure the profiles get much higher than the Vichero bros. Do, what do you guys refer to yourselves as? We don't have a name. Maybe we need you, to come up yeah, with well, Yeah, maybe we do need a cool name. My network of friends and probably <laughs> all of 2010 and probably a couple classes behind us at GU refer to you guys as just 428. The 428 guys. <laughs> do you guys yeah. still get that? Do you guys still get 428? Only when we see other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those guys. He's, it's Sean Agatep, Aaron Hallerman, and Tim Naibo, the three founders of Vincero Watches. Uh, You've seen their ads all over the place. We've talked about it a lot here on the podcast. Super affordable watches. Uh, I've got a couple. uh, Of course, I didn't bring any with me up to my parents' house in Petaluma this weekend. But Bad move, bad move. Yeah, I know. Very bad move, very bad move. But your road to where you guys are at now was a lengthy one. Now, so take me back 10 years ago, by the way. Can you believe we graduated 10 years ago? It's awful to hear. And Sean Agatep just celebrated his 32nd birthday this week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, pal. But let's go back to uh, you guys were roomies, junior and senior. Well, first of all, you are CM bros. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, I was actually a wrong collie guy. Oh, yeah. I always lump you in with CM. I, I don't think I ever really spent any time in wrong collie. He was always <laughs> roaming the halls. That's so where you, my bed was. You guys move in together, uh, 428 Mission, and at, like, at what point did you guys think, let's just say fuck it and be entrepreneurs? Was it that easy? Well, the, the China decision happened in uh, senior year. Um, all throughout the year, people waterfalled onto like yeah. the train. So yeah, it started with our, our roommate, Nick, who was heading over there. That was part of his study. He uh, studied abroad over there, was going back. Um, and then people just started hopping on the train. That sounds like a wild ride. Let's go over there and try to start making stuff. So yeah. you guys, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, so yeah, I, was, like, I think maybe the last one. It was like May or something, and they were going in August, and I was like, it's 2010, job market's not great. Like, these boys are doing it. I'll hop on board. I remember being one of the last few to, to say, fuck it, let's do this. So you guys go over there with what kind of guarantee? Like, did you have a living situation? Did you have any income plan? Did you just have some savings you were going to 
throwing yeah, the wind. jobs lined up. We were uh, well, obviously well qualified English teachers. So that's, oh, that's, that's right. how we got over there. Yeah. So how many dudes went over to China back in what the summer of 2010? Six, six of us. Six of us. All six, six guys. from the same house at four two eight. So you're teaching English. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> you're 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 teaching English, and I remember I oftentimes think back to that anxiety filled summer of 2010, when you know we graduate. Hey, we did it, awesome. And then like Aaron alluded to, it's like, what the hell do I do now? Exactly. Like I'm sending 15 resumes out a day, and I haven't gotten an email in two months. Like, should I just go back to school for something to do? You know, and a lot of people did that. Yeah. You guys, you guys left the continent. So you, what was your living situation in China? Yeah. Random, random apartments. Uh, they got all, I mean, everything's just skyscrapers. So they had placed us in a few, uh, just apartments near the schools we were staying. Uh, I actually got a very good living situation compared to some of these guys. I'll let Sean tell you how, how he got placed. It was not a fun start for him in a third world country being thrown in with no knowledge. Sean, yeah, yeah, you're was, smiling. Um, so we basically, there were six of us, so we all paired off and it was just luck of the draw. Uh, Ronan and I just got a bad setup and they put Ronan and I in these apartments. Ronan's was equally as bad, but to give like a summary of it, I was on the fifth floor of a walk-up building, so I didn't have an elevator. Uh-huh. No AC, in. no AC. I'm assuming. Uh, there was AC, oh, but nice. I walked in, and the uh, the top half of the toilet, like the porcelain top, was just shattered off, and there were roaches and bugs all over this mattress, and there was like th- three of the sixteen light bulbs. There were light bulbs, and only like one worked. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a tough way to start it off. Did you ever, did you ever think I'm going home immediately? I'm sure you thought that a couple times. Oh, a hundred percent. But I think one, well, the way we talk about it a lot is that it was kind of cheating the way we did it. Cause it was like your six best friends that just like went from a college situation to this wild situation where we're all going through the same things. And like, we're all like experiencing this together. And I knew like, I wasn't going to be the first one to quit. Oh, right. So okay. it was like, it was like, no, like, well, let's stick through this. Like, let's, let's push through this. That's interesting. It's like anything. Like we were talking to Tim before you popped on, we were talking about, uh, uh, I've become a Peloton guy in the last two weeks. Oh, Big nice. time Peloton guy. And it's just easier to do with another person. See, I found a way to meet, to talk about Peloton. Here. For sure. <laughs> yeah. for, for sure. sure. You're fishing for a sponsor. Yeah. It, 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 classes are easier. It's easier to suffer with other people. Now, at what point, because you guys had a couple of different startups that uh, obviously didn't ascend to the level of Vincero. Uh Tell me about some of those. And, and do you guys like just sit around a table and just say, hey, I've got an idea. How about this? And then every, two or more people are like, let's do that. Is that pretty much how it works? It's exactly how it works. Literally, man. Back, back in the day, <laughs> was, the, the yeah. living room table was like the boardroom, and everyone was in shorts, and it was hot as hot as can be. And we started actually trying to make uh, iPad and iPhone cases. Um, and I that's remember where all of our that's where all of our savings went into. And then uh, the production runs weren't great. Um, the whole cutouts for buttons and all that weren't exact. Um, and so that was a huge loss. So we also didn't, did, we also didn't know how to do anything around the concept of internet marketing at the time. So 
we had these cases and it was like, so how do you make money selling these things? So yeah, that was the first. That was, that was the, the first, first one. Day. Yeah. And that, were all six of you involved in that one or? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because uh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, you guys had another watch company too, didn't you? Prior to this one, yeah. Preventure. What made you think? Watch, yeah. What made yeah. you think watches was your was your avenue? So I can kind of give you like a really quick synopsis, right? So we, re we realized we could like manufacturing. We kind of got burned. We had a bad taste in our mouth, and so at the time. Uh, people were asking us about American wine when we were in China or when we were in China because American wine was exploding there. And so we were like, hey, maybe we do that, right? There's clearly a market. We had trouble marketing things online. And so that's what we did for the next two to three years was import wine from the U.S. or help broker deals from Chinese buyers and American wineries, specifically in the Washington and Oregon area. From that point, though, and that was going well, we realized if we were going to keep doing this, we have to stay in China, and none of us wanted to, like, live in China. And so it was like, to get back to where we want to be and running a company from the U.S., we need to start getting uh, manufacturing stuff again. Um, and at the time, Kickstarter was blowing up. So we basically got heavily involved in understanding what Kickstarter was all about, um, you know, what the market looked like on there, and watches were huge. Um, in terms of the Kickstarter market, all fashion was, it was bags, it was, uh, watches, um, were some of the projects Wallets. that were exploding, um, wallets, you know, just accessories, um, were in high demand there and people loved supporting projects around that. And we had actually experienced over the previous years was a lot of our sourcing friends, sourcing things like watches, sunglasses, all this stuff. Um, and so it was a really natural fit for us to go, Hey, we can really do this. And uh, we can do it unlike how we attempted to do it before because um, Kickstarter was essentially that marketing engine that could help us get off the ground. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how we went from the beginning to the launching. How valuable, I mean, it looks like you guys are going through PTSD again, just thinking about the early days of China and the early startups, but how valuable were those failures? Oh, it was huge. It was like essentially, and it was just the six of us in China where we didn't know the language. There weren't any other distractions. So like all we were doing was trying and failing at these businesses and just mm -hmm. learning how not to do things basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was like an intense real life master's program basically. Tim, you mentioned uh, none of you wanted to stay in China. All of you eventually wanted to move back stateside. Was anyone close to falling in love with a Chinese woman and just staying there forever? <laughs> Busted. I don't know if you can see where we're looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We can skip over that one. What was some of the some of the the worst ideas that never made it away from that boardroom kitchen table? We talked we looked into starting a club in China. Here we go. Now we're cooking. Now we're going. Yeah. Steakhouse. Steakhouse. Seize candy. Oh, seize. Seize candy. candy. Yeah, pretty far into discussions to start a seize candy retail shop in Guam. <laughs> you were going to Fran not seize. Franchise oh, rights. Oh, yeah. you were just going to get bring seize over to China. There's not seize over there? Well, they already. No, they no, yeah, they weren't in China. They, they weren't in China. China in I don't know if there is now. Yeah. Okay. We had talked to their like licensees. 
we were we were pretty far down that road actually. Were you yeah. really? How's your Mandarin now? These candies guys did. <laughs> you guys could each have a couple franchises in China. That would be wild. Yeah. Um, the Sean's candy shop. How's your How's your Mandarin now? Mine's Sean, terrible. Sean, <laughs> Sean still goes back. I haven't been back yeah. since we came back to the U.S. in 2014. I haven't been. I can I can get by. I I deal with all of the supply chain and everything over there, so okay. I, it's still kind of fresh. And I go back and forth quite a bit, so um, never really left. But so let's get back to 2014. Obviously, you figure out that uh, Vincero is the company that's going to stick, and you guys are able to ride that back to stateside. Uh, what kind of did you have? Some kind of self accomplishment getting on that plane, coming home, knowing that like we went over here, we did it. And we're coming back with a plan. You know, you guys aren't going to have to come back and go to like CPA school or something. I'd say yes and no, because we had a successful Kickstarter, but we weren't a successful business where we could like still didn't have money and not okay. have to worry about money or anything. You know, it was still at the very beginning steps. We knew we had to be in the U.S. to figure out how to learn the internet marketing. Um, and so it became we manufacturing stuff. Now we got to figure out the marketing. We got to be in the U.S. for that. Okay. And I think the... Tim and Sean, you guys went to San Diego straight away when you guys came back, and Aaron went back to Seattle. What was tell how walk me through Austin timeline. for the Pretty launch? Much. Pretty yeah. much, we were in Austin for the launch. Okay, okay. And then at what point, Aaron, did you decide I'm leaving the Northwest to go down to the Wales? Virginia? When the team started building, and it was very much uh, okay. This is this is real. This is you know decent sized business. Uh, I was managing people which maybe can be easier done now with work from home and stuff like that. But managing people from Seattle was just a little, a little more difficult. So I came down two and a half years ago. Yeah. September of 2018. So, so I want to get into talking a little bit about um, the Ventero watches themselves, the product, and of course uh, a couple of legendary 428 parties but I know day to day, you guys look around, you've got a million things, you've got meetings after this. Do you ever take a minute and step back and think how lucky you are that you've made this work with your best college friends? I think I, what you guys have is pretty unique, and I think you guys appreciate that. Am I right? For sure, for sure. Jack, I will say this too, though. Looking back on China, that was just even though it was up and down, yeah. what an experience. I, like I wouldn't oh, trade okay. it for anything. I would go back yeah. and do it again. Cause again, you're traveling the world with your best friends. It, it's, it was an insane and awesome experience. And yeah, being able to continue it now in like the real world, building a company, having a lot of employees all doing it together. It's, it's a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, you guys have heard of burning the boats like Vikings would go to a new island and they'd burn the boat so that the only way mm -hmm. they could survive is just pillaging. Not, oh, to, say wow. that, not to say that you guys yeah. raped and pillaged China, but you went over there. You went <laughs> yeah, over pretty pillaging. extreme now. <laughs> <laughs> you went over there without a safety net. You know, you only, yeah, you only sure. had one choice, and that was to succeed. Well, and I think with us, with us too, we got into it so deep to where we were like, all right, I'm not coming back until I have something to show for it. Mm -hmm. So let's like get serious about this. Let's double down and like let's sprint and get through this because it's going to be better on the other side. How were you guys able to watch the Zach games in uh, in China? Where'd you watch the Wichita State game? Very low quality, like Reddit streams or wherever we could find a stream. Oh, uh, really? But I was teaching two 13 year olds English when we lost to Wichita State. And I was 
looking at the updates on uh, on my phone. That's horrifying. It was pretty brutal, yeah. Well, and depending on the time <laughs> of the games, we'd have to wake up at like like March Madness. I remember it would start at like 3 a.m. for us over there, like time-wise. So we'd go to bed super early, wake up at 3, and just watch a slate of games for like 12 hours from like 3 till noon. And then because the NBA had blown up in China at that point, right? Oh, yeah. But college, no, but then everything's in Chinese. Oh, okay. Okay. But college hoops is, yeah. is college hoops there yet? Today, is there like they know what Duke and Kentucky is? No. Not quite. Very minimal. We did not see it once. Okay. And it would never be on TV. Like NBA games will be on TV no matter what time of day it is. Like some well, of them, the Rockets, the Lakers, you know, occasionally. Uh, college, yeah, never. Uh, speaking of college, your favorite 428 party was what theme i don't was? know if we can say the themes anymore i know i know we, we, we ask the hard questions <laughs> it's only the hard questions uh, yeah it's so unfortunate <laughs> ken i don't even know what college is like anymore you know I, like i it, it has you mean like for covid or just the, the, well like the new the culture yeah, like what what are people doing now? Like, I mean, it was just a free for all back in the day. It felt like it did, but then when I feel like when we were in college, we heard stories about people who were in college like ten years and fifteen years before us. It's like, right. well, let's go. So it's probably always that. For um, sure. Can sure. I share my favorite four two eight party story? Love it. Was it Keg Wars? It sure was, Sean. It sure <laughs> was Keg Wars. It sure was Keg Wars. Thanks for bringing it up. I'll tell the story real quick. We decided. Because 428 had about, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 dudes. Yeah. And my house, 714, this shit had 12, 13, 14 dudes. Yeah. And we had, we had talked about it for like a year. And then finally, we actually did it. Uh, we each got a handle each. And my squad, the squad you were on had to finish that first at 428. Okay. I think it was a handle of some, I'm sure it was a handle of some terrible brown yeah. liquor bought down the store. Plastic bottle, no doubt. And so you guys smoke us yeah. in your living room with the brown liquor right and yeah. you guys are screaming and then you guys are running down the alley because the kegs are in our place and then over to the kegs are in step yeah. 14 and whoever finishes everything first you know wins so you guys are in the alley and we're panicking because we still have like a third of this terrible terrible liquor left and they're like come on gotta go gotta go we're trying not to vomit and i go guys it's cool the door's locked they're not getting in <laughs> outside the garage. And you guys were not pleased about it. I was like, well, you should have asked, fellas. You should have asked. Yeah. But long story short, um, nobody remembers who won that. <laughs> uh, well, I just remember look, I, when we lined up looking at the average size of like our house versus like your guys' house, we're like, oh shit, we we're about to get crushed. <laughs> there's, there's no way that we can, we can win this. We imported some big guys, too. I think we had uh, Jack yeah. Quigg on the squad, too. On the squ so, yeah. Yeah. Vin enough about college years. days. Enough reminiscing. After all, it was 10 goddamn years ago. Uh, if I want to accessorize my wrist for the late summer and early fall, what do I do, boys? How do I do it? Hop on the site, man. We're, we're, we just launched two brand-new collections um, and probably six brand-new collections over, like, the last year. Um, that cover everything from super, super lax, like urban styles to like tactical inspired, like military and field watches. Um, so there's definitely something for everyone, but, uh, 
um, go check it out. You know, we're super proud of the, the the newest releases, and I think we're getting better with time for sure in terms of design and quality um, as well. On the watches you guys gave Rob and I, we had a Go Zags etched inside. Oh. Very nice etch. I'm sure you can do that for just anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, engraved. A lot of gifting. Um, watches obviously a very easy gift, so we get a lot of that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you guys getting in the sunglass business? Tell me about the Pinchero sunglasses. Your research, Jack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had about four minutes before the call. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the sunglasses. Are they like Ray-Ban type? Ray-Ban quality, Um, I should say? We use the same suppliers that uh, Ray-Ban and Luxottica uses. So quality standards and everything are on par there. Um, They're not like – we don't have aviators yet. Um, but yeah, no, with the new collection, we just launched this spring, uh, super proud of them. It took us a while to figure out sunglasses and the exact quality and specs and everything. Cause they're a little different than watches, but, um, yeah, a few different styles. They all look good. It was, it was cool, man. Like we, we've always wanted to expand there. Like a lot of people don't know. We started when we started Vincero, we started with like a lot of products. So it was watches, it was like belts, it was wallets, it was bags, duffels, briefcases. It was oh, like so you narrowed it down. And then we were like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, it was just us three. We like, we cannot make all these products and market all these products and then afford inventory. Yeah. So we're like, in order to do this and be profitable, we have to like focus. Mm-hmm. And so we focused down to watches and now we'd have always wanted to expand in terms of, we've got a customer base now, let's, they enjoy the- Let's give them other things to, uh, to purchase and things like that. And so sunglasses were super exciting in, in that sense where it was like, it's the perfect accessory to pair with a guy that likes a watch. Uh-huh. Um, and this year in terms of like the launch, it was very unknown for us how it was going to be received, right? Like, or do we just have watch guys? Are guys going to be intrigued by this new accessory? And for us, we were blown away by the support. Um, we sold out within a few weeks. And so we do just recently have them back in stock. So if it, check them out. Sean Agdeb, Aaron Hallerman, Tim Nibo. If you're a Zag fan, I, I, it makes no sense if you don't have any kind of Vincero accessories. They're a, they're a Zag success story. Spokane grown. Now they're, you know, they flew the nest, living it up in San Diego. Beautiful office. You're all in different spaces. Are you trying to impress me as how big your office is that you're, all in the office, but in different rooms. Yeah, it's a power play. No, yeah, it works. It totally works. <laughs> Before I let you guys go, I'm going to ask you another hard question. I'm going to have each of you list your starting five zags all time. Here's the rule with this. I don't know if you know our rule. No John Stockton. Okay. Stockton's out. He's on a different level. Does it got to be like point guard through center? or just? I, I, I am a traditionalist. I think point guard through center. Yeah, a five that you're going to roll out there. I mean, you can, ha- you can be guard heavy, you can be forward heavy, but a team that can yeah. play basketball. Uh, I'll take a stab. Argo's got to run for you. Uh, I'll go Derek, Ravio, uh, and Steph in the backcourt. Let's that's go just, Maddie. That's, that's Maddie how you- B is a three, man. I was a big Maddie B fan. He was there. Maddie B there. playing three. He's going to love hearing that. He doesn't crack a lot of top five lists. He <laughs> doesn't crack a lot. <laughs> You know, gotta, gotta it's, nostal- it's nostalgia. We're 10 years now. <laughs> I was uh, going to say that your backcourt is just Aaron Hallerman watching the Zags on TV. 
I bet that, that's how it is for a lot of people. That's how it is for it's who, it's who you are when you're in high school. It's who you're a fan of when you're in high school. That really sticks out. Okay, so you got Matt. Oh, I can't put Amo in at four and five. That was that was silly. Uh, Whoa. You know, we'll just we'll let those guys take take Amo. Uh, we'll go Batista and Heitfeld as as the picks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A very a very mid you mid know, to late two thousands. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sean. Uh, we got to go Pargo. Pargo. You guys, this is my era. I like talking to guys in my era. This is a belt we're, high fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I can't do high belt. We do, uh, I like Batista. Okay. I like that pick. I'll, I'll squeeze in with, uh, with Amo. Okay. Yeah. Squeeze him in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he may make the cut. He the player, the, the 2006 player of the year, <laughs> squeezed in. Yeah. Let's see. I, was, I feel like Nibo's looking up stats right now before we get yeah. to him. <laughs> no. <I'm laughs> yeah, <he's>, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who'd you? Have? We got Pargo. Can we and do. And Batista. Can we right? do two points. Two points. What does that mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You got two, two point points. cards. Yeah, we can switch the guards. We can do, do the guards. <laughs> we can play run and gun, Sean. You can go four yeah. guards. And I'm yeah, we got to go small. We gotta go small. <laughs> uh, let's throw Pangos in there. Uh, it's, Kevin Pangos is my all-time favorite Zag. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Yeah, yeah, that was a good pick. And what's that, Tim? It's cool to see he's doing well. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. We talked a little bit off air about uh, Petrusev choosing not to come back. Uh, but then it, it's such a different era from when we were in school to now. Like, European basketball is on a whole other level. The exposure is so much bigger now than what it was 10 years ago. So you really can't fault guys for, for taking that cash. And uh, Pengos looks like a legend in Barcelona. Uh, I think he played his last yeah. game over there, but yeah, no, he's 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 a success story for sure overseas. Are you ready? Are you ready, Nibo? Oh, uh, what did you guys? Who did you guys have? Did you? Guys you can take. I mean, uh, they're uh, pull up a roster from two thousand nine. That's basically their team. <laughs> uh, favorite players. Uh, I got interested in Gonzaga because of Dickow. Okay. Uh, on a on a basketball level, and so he's still my all time favorite. Um, so it would have to be Dickow, uh, Adam Morrison. That was a year before we were coming. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, he was a legend. I remember seeing him play in high school. Uh, a guy I just truly respect, and I think he took our program to the next level, was Goss. Um, I think he had such a winner's mentality, and he, like, taught the other Zags that got to the natty. Like, you can perform in these moments. Um, and so I, I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, some of our era, Olenek, you know, we went to oh, school yeah. with him. He had a great, great career. Um, and I saw maybe one player that we don't have or hadn't had in the past would be like a Brandon Clark, um, a guy that could jump out of the gym and was like, whoa. That, that was, yeah, he's solid and, and having a fantastic, fantastic year. Uh, I noticed a little trend with Tim Naibo. I think he had four transfers on his team. In uh, Dick Al, Brandon Clark, Nigel Williams, Goss. Who, who was another? I think you had another one. He said Amo and 
Amos legit as you get, dude. Spokane, <laughs> bro. Transfer you, baby. Um, I would have awarded more points if I got a Rui Hachimura or maybe a um, Demonis Sabonis well, in there. Like Sabonis. NBA players, too. Oh, by the way, is an all-star, but not good enough to crack the 4-2 weight. Starting fives, that's fine. How do you surpass Matt Bolden? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he's going to love it. He's going to love it. Boys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, hopefully, if there's a season, uh, we'll have to uh, meet up at a Zag game in Southern California. Love it. Love it. Fingers crossed. It. From the corner, and it's over. Gonzaga, the flipper still fits. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.